So, how are you guys doing? You ready for today's message? I was so excited to get into today's message that I gave the announcements before the tithes and offerings, which didn't mean that I gave enough time for them to get all the way back. So I have to stall for a few minutes before we can get into the message. (laughs) I just want you to know that I've been so eager to preach this message. And it really, the reason for that is is because it's very personal to me. And so I hope that when you leave here today that you will be encouraged, okay? That's the point is I want you to leave here feeling encouraged. I've just about stalled enough time so I can get into it. All right. How many of you like to wait? Let me see the hands. How many of you love a nice long wait? No hands? None of you like to wait? I don't like to wait either. Patience is not one of my strengths by any stretch. And... uh, I don't like waiting at Costco when all those lines are full and they're clear back past the snack and power bar aisle and I'm sitting there having to wait. I don't like that. I don't like waiting in Walmart when there's like 30 registers available and there's only one open and I have to wait. I can't stand that. I don't like waiting when I order my food because I usually am really hungry and I can get very hangry when I don't get my food. I don't like waiting. I don't like waiting when I'm on the phone. And I call, and I get that phone tree, and it says press 1, and press 5, and press 7, and by the time you get a live person, what do they say? Thank you for calling. Please hold. Really? I need to hold some more? I just don't like that. How about traffic? I don't like waiting in traffic. How many of you have driven on reserve around 5 o'clock? Isn't that fun? Yeah, that's a lot of fun, isn't it? You know, one of the things that I absolutely cannot stand waiting on is my computer. And I do a lot of work on the computer. That's what my my job is, is sitting behind that computer. And so I get really impatient when my computer can't keep up with me. And you know, when we moved back here to Montana from Florida in the fall, I was shocked at how slow satellite internet is. How many of you have satellite internet? Okay, there's a few of you. So for those of you that don't have satellite internet, you probably have cable or DSL or something like that, which means it's unlimited. So you can have as much internet as you want. But if you have satellite internet, that's not how it is. You get an allotment of so much that you get in the month, and then guess what happens? When you burn through that allotment, what do they do? They slow it down even further. It's ridiculous. I can't stand that. I mean, I'm trying to get work done, and the internet is so incredibly slow. I mean, it's so choppy. You ever try to watch something, and you get buffering, buffering, buffering? Yeah, it's okay. Somebody did. That is no joke. I can't stand that. So, see if you recognize any of these images. Loading. 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 Please wait. How polite, right? How polite. You ever notice that all of these usually have a circle, and it's spinning, and you're just like having to wait? I mean, it's crazy, isn't it? I can't stand that. So I don't like waiting. How about you? So the title of today's message is Embrace the Wait. And I find this kind of funny because I actually hate to wait. Okay? Here I am preaching on embracing the wait, and I I hate waiting. So I want you to know that I need this message just as much as maybe some of you do, and maybe even more so. Okay? Let's pray. Lord, 
I ask that you'd be here in this house today. And I pray that it's your word that's spoken. I pray that you'd open hearts, that you'd give us ears to hear, that we can hear from you. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to look at the story of Lazarus. And that's in John chapter 11. We're going to spend a lot of time there today. And uh, we're going to pull out some truths that I think all of us need to pay attention to. Because let's face it, all of us are waiting on something. What are you waiting for? Are you waiting for a new job? Are you waiting for a home or a spouse? Maybe you're waiting for a child. Maybe you're waiting for a healing. Maybe you're waiting to get out of debt. I don't know what it might be for you, but we all have something that we're waiting on. And you know, most of us struggle in the waiting, don't we? And that's because we live in a microwave culture. You know, we do. We live in a microwave culture. We set the timer for 30 seconds and it's like, ding, we want our promise, right? Ding, we want what we've been waiting for, right? Yeah, you, you can do that, man. I love that. <laughs> we want what we've been waiting for served up on the platter right next to the blessing. And, we, you know, please hurry up, too. We want it right now. That's just how we are. We're wired that way. We want what we want, and we want it right now. We don't like waiting, and we want our own way. But listen, God is in the waiting. That's why we need to learn to embrace the wait, Okay? It's one of the hardest things that God makes us do. You know, I personally can usually do pretty well with a yes or no, but when I get a not yet or a wait, that's hard. That's hard. It's hard. It's hard to wait. How many of you have seen the movie War Room? Okay, good. A lot of you. So if you haven't seen that movie, shameless plug here, go out and rent that movie. It's awesome. It is an awesome movie, and it's all about doing battle in prayer in your own little room, okay? So I don't have a little room like that. I don't have a war room, but I do have a war wagon. And so some of you, you've probably seen when I drive, and my truck is not much to look at, I'll be honest, but it's my war wagon because I spend a lot of time praying in it. I spend a lot of time listening to other pastors' messages in it. And uh, my wife kind of jokes around, and she says, If we end up moving into the city and getting a house in here, she does not want me to park it in the driveway. She wants me to put it in the garage so no one can see it. It's that awesome to look at. Now, if I had my way and money weren't an issue, I would paint it flat army green, and I'd put flat black wheels on it, and then it would be beautiful. At least to me, anyway, it would be. I love my truck. It's my war wagon, and I pray in it, and I listen to all kinds of pastors' messages in it. And of course, my favorite pastor to listen to is Pastor Bruce, right? Well, you visitors, that's our senior pastor, Pastor Bruce Spear. But uh, seriously, one of the pastors that I love to listen to is Pastor Craig Rochelle. And he says this. He says, with God, a waiting season is never a wasted season. Now, I kind of like saying it like this. With God, a waiting time is never a waste of time. So you've got your hand out there in your bulletin. You can pick which one you want to put in the blanks. You could put in season. You could put in time. That's up to you. Whichever you choose there. The point is, is that we don't want to waste the wait. 
Don't waste the wait. This is the heart of today's message. Because with God, a waiting time is never a waste of time. Now, when you're in the middle of the wait, most of us, we don't think that, right? Like, really? You want me to embrace the wait? How can I do that? You may be thinking, no way. Why in the world am I having to wait? This doesn't make sense. I don't understand, many of you might think. You may even say to yourself, this sure seems like a waste of time. We tend to be pretty short-sighted when we're struggling with the waiting. But I firmly believe that it's in the waiting where we truly encounter God. That's where He is. Most of us just want what we're waiting for. Most of us, we just want to endure. We just want to get through it. I just want to get to the end of it and get what I'm finally waiting for. Instead, we should be seeing that as a chance to encounter God. Listen, I believe God is much more interested in doing something in us than he's doing something for us, okay? Because with God, a waiting time is never a waste of time. In Isaiah 40, 31, many of you have heard this many times, it says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I love the promise in this verse. If you wait on him, you will renew your strength. You will rise above whatever it is that you're waiting for or whatever it is you're dealing with. But even more than that, what stood out to me in this passage is the word wait. And some translations use the word hope or they use the word trust there. But those who hope in the Lord, but those who trust in the Lord. When I look up that word wait in the original Hebrew text of the Bible, it means to hope for, to expect, to wait patiently for. That seems pretty straightforward. That's a pretty simple definition, right? It's what most of us probably think when we hear the word wait. But when I look a little bit deeper, and I look at the visual in this definition, it really has some power. And it's to bind together. To bind together. In other words, when we wait... We should bind ourselves to God. We should be so interconnected with Him that there's no chance for us to come apart. I think that's the key to waiting. We've got to bind ourselves to Him. We have to rely solely upon Him. His timing, His provision, His understanding, His wisdom, and His strength. When we wrestle with the waiting, what we're really doing is just depending on our own strength. We're relying on ourselves. And guess what happens when we do that? We get worked up, and then we get worked out. Excuse me, we get worn out. And sometimes, our wrestling can even turn into a tug of war, where we're warring with God. So rather than waiting on God, we're warring with Him. That's what ends up happening. And we pursue what we're waiting for, instead of pursuing Him. Because we want our own way. We want our own way. Psalm 37, 4 says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Isn't it hard to be still sometimes? Isn't it hard to be patient and wait on God to act? We see this in the story of Lazarus. So if you've got your Bible with me, or with you rather, turn to uh, John chapter 11 and keep your finger there because we're going to bounce around in this. This is the main text for today. 
We're going to begin in verse 1. It says, A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on Jesus' feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. So you've got a family here. You've got Lazarus, and then you have his two sisters, Mary and Martha. Now, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus have to be very close to Jesus. Jesus would spend time in their home. Mary and Martha would cook him food. I mean, they hung out together. They were close. And you can even see this when you look in verse 3, because notice that the sisters don't say Lazarus' name. They say, Lord, your dear friend is sick. So they knew that Jesus would know that when he sees dear friend, they're meaning Lazarus, because Lazarus was like Jesus' best friend. I mean, that's... That was the kind of relationship that they had. And uh, I want you to listen to how Jesus responds when he gets their message. Look in verse 4. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. And this brings us to our second point of today's message. When God delays it doesn't always mean he denies. When we're waiting on God, we really need to ask ourselves, does this delay mean a denial? Just because what you've been waiting for hasn't happened doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. And this is so tough. Many of us have been waiting, and we've been waiting, and we've been waiting. We've been praying, and we've been pleading with God. We've been pleading with him just to give us what we've been waiting for. And yet, guess what? There's still no answer. We're still waiting. But when God delays, it doesn't always mean he denies. I don't think any of us like experiencing a delay, do we? Anybody like experiencing a delay? No. Waiting is often no fun. There's no fun in that most of the time. And many times we ask ourselves, why am I having to wait? Listen, one thing we need to remember when we're waiting or when there's a delay, God will be glorified. You can count on that. God will be glorified. There may be several reasons why God delays, but you can be sure that one of the main drivers behind why God delays is so that he'll receive the glory. And we see that exactly in verse 4. This is what Jesus says. Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. God will always be glorified. Now, what I want you to see now is in verse 5. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So, when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. In other words, he didn't hurry. He didn't hurry. He was like, loading, loading, please wait. I mean, that's kind of what it was like right, right there. And then we're staring at the little circles going round and round and round while we're waiting on Jesus to come. And Mary and Martha are like, no, Jesus, you don't understand. My brother's sick right now. I need you right now. We often don't understand delays. We think, surely, if Jesus loves me, he's going to answer me. 
That's exactly what Mary and Martha expected. They were close to Jesus. They were friends. As I said, they hung out together. They ate food together. They were close. Jesus had been going around healing people left and right. Complete strangers he was healing. And Mary and Martha saw this. They saw all kinds of amazing miracles that Jesus performed. And yet here they are, asking for Jesus to come and heal their brother. They fully expected that Jesus would come. Why in the world would he not come immediately and heal his best friend, Lazarus? Honestly, this is where many of us are right now. We know that Jesus loves us. We know he's fully capable of giving us what we're waiting for. We know that. We know there's nothing impossible with him, and yet we're still waiting. Look at the word so in here. This, this word so just blew my mind in this text. It says, so, when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. He stayed two more days after that, right? That really jumped out at me. Isn't that crazy? I mean, wow. You love me, then why haven't you answered me? Sometimes it seems like God just doesn't make sense, doesn't it? I mean, let's just be honest. Let's just call it like it is. Let's just be real. You might think, why am I having to wait? Why can't I have what I want right now? Some of you may be waiting on a baby. And you've been praying, and you've been waiting. And you've been trying. Oh, Lord knows you've been trying. Trying's fun, right? Come on. It's okay to laugh in church. No, seriously. I understand. It is heartbreaking. Children are a gift. They are. They're a blessing. And you're like, why, God? I just want to have a baby. I want to raise a child, you might think. God knows, and he hears you. Some of you have been waiting for a physical healing. And it might not be that you're waiting for the healing. Maybe you're waiting for the healing to happen in a loved one, a family, family member, or a friend. And you've been praying, and you've been pleading with God, and yet there's still no answer. Others of you have been trying to get a job, or maybe you're trying to get a new job, and you've been waiting for God to provide. Remember, when God delays, it doesn't always mean he denies. So we learn in verse 17 that by the time Jesus finally arrives in Bethany, where Lazarus is, Lazarus had already been dead for four days. Four days Lazarus had been dead by the time Jesus got there. That's in verse 17. You know Mary and Martha had to have been upset by this time. I mean, put yourself in their shoes, right? They'd been waiting and waiting for Jesus to come and heal their brother, but he never came. And now Lazarus is dead. Martha is way beyond upset now. I'm sure she's pretty mad. And uh, so when she finds out that Jesus is finally there, you can see this in verse 20, she goes out to meet him. Can you picture this? This is Martha. So she sends a message to Jesus that, her best, that his best friend is sick. And you wait and you fully expect Jesus to come and heal your brother. You'd seen him heal just about everyone else, right? Surely he'll come and heal my brother, you'd think. Surely he'll come. I just know he'll come. He loves me. We're friends. Come on. Then he doesn't show. He doesn't even show for the funeral. 
Your brother's been dead now for four days. How rude. What kind of friend does that? Now you're mad. You might even be a little ticked off right now. And then Jesus finally shows up. So you go out to confront him. And you're full of emotion. You're full of anger, hurt, despair, maybe even a little bit of disgust by this time. Why, God? Where have you been? Why didn't you heal my brother? I sent for you. Didn't you get my message? Don't you care? Come on, Jesus. You made me wait. And now it's too late. My brother's dead. So in verse 21, Mary's running out to see Jesus, and she says, Lord, if you'd only been here, my brother would not have died. Now it's the next part that I want you to see. Even though she was angry and frustrated, look at the power that she recognizes in this. This is her response. She says, but even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. This is exactly the response that God wants from us. And that's the reality of where many of us are right now. We know the truth. Deep down, we know God is able. But we're weary from all the waiting. We're weary. And uh, we've prayed. We've had our friends, friends and family pray. And yet we're still waiting. And all this waiting has just about worn us out. It doesn't matter whether you've been waiting a few days, a few months, or a few years. Because when you're waiting, it feels like an eternity, no matter how much time it's been. And when you're waiting, uh, and you wait long enough, it can almost feel like there's no more hope. You almost just want to give up because you're exhausted. You're tired of everyone asking about it. You're tired of talking about it. You just want it to go away. You want what you've been waiting for. I don't know what you're waiting on today, but I want to encourage you. Don't you dare give up. Don't you do it. Don't give up. Hang in there. When God delays, it doesn't always mean he denies. Check out verse 23. This was Jesus' response to Martha after she said that. Jesus told her, Your brother will rise again. The words of Jesus change everything. Like that. In a moment. In a moment. When Jesus speaks, we go from no hope and no possibility, no how, no way, to a miracle. And like many of us, we don't get it at first. We don't comprehend it. Look at verse 24. Martha says, Yes, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. See, Martha doesn't realize that Jesus is not talking about the resurrection at the last day when all of us who believe in him will be with him and be raised with him. He's not talking about that. She's talking about an event, and Jesus is talking about himself. Look at verse 25. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. So the point here is, is that the resurrection isn't about an event. It's about a person. It's about Jesus. It's all about him. And that's it. Everything points back to him. That's where our hope needs to be, in him. That's where our focus needs to be, in him. 
Remember I said in the beginning of this message that the word wait means to bind together? We need to bind ourselves to him. Stop trying to just endure the wait and embrace the wait. With God, a waiting time is never a waste of time. God is much more interested in doing something in you before he does something for you. And just because what you're waiting for hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Because when God delays, it doesn't always mean he denies. Mary and Martha wanted to see their brother healed. This is what they fully expected would happen. They knew Jesus, and they knew that he loved them. Surely he'll heal my brother, they thought. Jesus has got this. We know he can do it, they thought. They were expecting a healing. So let me ask you, do you want God to just meet your expectations or do you want him to exceed them? I love how Pastor Craig Rochelle says this. He says, if God always met your expectations, he would never have the opportunity to exceed them. Hmm, that's good. Let that one sink in for just a moment. If God always met your expectations, he would never have the opportunity to exceed them. Don't miss his will because you want your own way. When I reflect back on my own life, I can see many times, more times than I can even count, that God's way was always better than my way. Always. And the waiting was often a struggle, but his will was always worth the wait. Always. I know many times I felt like, God, don't you care? Don't you care, God? Where are you? In verse 32, Mary finally has the opportunity to confront Jesus. And I want you to see, Mary responds a whole lot differently than her sister Martha. Because what does she do? Is She runs up to Jesus, she falls at his feet, and she weeps. So she's at his feet, she's weeping, and she says, Lord, if only you'd been here, my brother would not have died. That's in verse 32. But I want you to see how Jesus responds to that. Look how he responds to Mary. This is in verse 33. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. And they told him, Lord, come and see. And then Jesus wept. Jesus understands what you're going through. He knows the struggle you're dealing with. He knows how long you've been waiting. He knows and he cares. We see in the text that he was angry. He was so overcome with emotion that he wept. Our God is a compassionate God. He does care. 1 Peter 5, 7 says that we are to give him all of our worries and all of our cares because he cares for us. When God doesn't answer according to what we expect, we often think he doesn't care. I know I do. I think he doesn't care sometimes. But I want you to know that he loves each and every one of you more than you can even imagine. He does care. His view is much higher than ours, and his plan is so much better than ours. So Jesus finally arrives at Lazarus' tomb. We see this in verse 39. And he says, Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. She says, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Now, for those of you that read the King James Version, you know what it says? 
It says, it says that uh, by this time, he stinketh. It does. Look it up. I'm serious. It says, he stinketh. I think that's kind of funny right there. Now, the four days is significant, okay? The four days is significant. In Jewish tradition, they believed that, uh, that the person's spirit would hover over the body, okay? So during those three days, they believed that there's a chance that that person might be able to come back to life. But after the fourth day, no more hope. They're, they're completely dead. There's no way, no how. And I think this helps explain why Jesus waited till the fourth day to come. Because then there would be no explanation. No way to hide his glory. When there was no hope and no way and no possibility, then Jesus showed up. It was perfectly planned and perfectly timed. So in verse 43, Jesus shouts out and says, Lazarus, come out. The voice of Jesus changes everything. What was once dead is now alive. Mary and Martha had been expecting a healing. That's what they wanted to happen. They had no idea that God had something much bigger and much better in mind. Mary and Martha prayed for a recovery. God planned for a resurrection. If God always met your expectations, he would never have the opportunity to exceed them. Some of you have been waiting, and what you've been waiting for seems like it's long been dead. There's no way you might be thinking. But listen, God can resurrect anything in your life. It doesn't matter. He can resurrect anything. With him, there is always hope. There was a time that this was my family photo, or so we thought anyway. We had always wanted a little girl. And we had waited years for her to come into our life. We thought this little girl was the one. Her name is Ivy, and we fell instantly in love with her. I'm, I didn't make it through first service, but come on, Lord, I can do this. <laughs> make it through the second one. Like many children in the foster care adoption system, <clears throat> she has a heartbreaking story. And ultimately, she ended up in a family member's home instead of ours. But she had a nickname that she loved to be called. And uh, when I heard it for the first time, it just blew me away because it just so happened to be the same nickname that my wife and I had planned for our daughter. <laughs> Sorry. And we thought, surely she's the one. I didn't expect that my heart would fall so quickly for her, but it did. It's a long and frustrating story on why she's not with our family right now. I don't know why God's having us wait. I don't know. <clears throat> We've prayed more for that little girl and for her future than I can even put into words. You want to talk about doing battle in prayer? We really fought for her, and we waited, and we waited, and we're still waiting. And I know that not one moment was ever wasted. I know that I grew closer to God through this situation. I know that nothing's ever wasted with him. And it's painful 
It was painful. This was her room. And you might notice in her room that there's a sign in there. And it says, it says, I'm going to do this. (laughs) It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. It was a constant reminder every time I went into that room. Okay? Now that's a very familiar verse. I've used it so many times. I've preached it so many times. But listen, it's the truth. We have got to trust in him. Even though her room is empty, the command is still there. Trust him. Now, I don't know how this story is going to end. I don't know if we'll ever see Ivy again. It's been three and a half years, or excuse me, it's been a year and a half since we last saw her. That story seems like it's long been dead. You might feel empty with whatever you're waiting for. I want to encourage you today. Trust in him. We need a miracle. We need a resurrection. And many of you may feel the same way about whatever it is that you're waiting for. You need a miracle. You need a resurrection in your life. Maybe what you've been waiting for seems like has long been dead. Like there's no possible way that it could happen. Listen, there is always a reason for the wait. We don't always get the opportunity to understand the why behind it. But we do always have the opportunity to not just endure the wait, not just get through it. No, we need to embrace the wait. Maybe God wants to do something in you before he does something for you. With God, a waiting time is never a waste of time. Just because what you've been waiting for hasn't happened yet doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. Because when God delays, it doesn't always mean he denies. God can resurrect anything in your life, no matter how long you've been waiting for it. No matter how unlikely it might seem. You may be saying, well, I've been faithful, I've been praying, I've been patient, I believe he can, why hasn't he done it already? Why am I still having to wait, you might be saying. If God always met your expectations, he would never have the opportunity to exceed them. As we play this next song, I want you to be thinking about, what are you waiting for? What do you need resurrected in your life? As we come to the end of this song, I'm going to pray with you, okay?
God is in the waiting. Don't just endure the wait, embrace the wait. And so as we pray today, if you need prayer, if there's something you're waiting on or whatever it is the Lord may be prompting you about, if you need prayer, I encourage you to come up to the cross. There'll be people here that can pray with you. Let's pray. Lord, waiting is difficult. It's hard. We thank you that you are there. You're in the waiting. Lord, we don't always understand the why behind it. We don't know what you're up to. We know your ways are higher than ours. I just pray that whoever's here today that needs a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit in their life, that you just comfort them, that you'd bless them, that you'd encourage them in the wait, that you'd help them to endure and embrace the wait. Lord, help them to see you in all of this. Lord, that they may bind themselves to you. Lord, I just ask, Father, for your glory to rain down on all of us. If there's anyone here today and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you don't have to wait any longer. This is the day that you can make that decision. This is one area that you don't have to wait on. You don't have to wait to clean up your life. You don't have to wait to get to a certain level. You don't need to do that. Jesus came unto this earth as a man and died for our sins on the cross. And after the third day, he rose. And he did that to pay the penalty for our sins. And so if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I encourage you today to make that decision today. If that's you, just slip up your hand so I can pray with you. I'd love to do that. You may be here today and you've drifted away from him. You've gotten discouraged in your faith. Or maybe you've just plateaued. You don't know where you are right now. But you do know Jesus. You've just gotten away from him. Maybe you want to rededicate your life to him today. If that's you, if that's your prayer, lift up your hand so I can see you. I want to pray for you. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. Lord, I just pray for those that made that decision today that they say, no more. I want to serve you. I want to serve you, Jesus. I pray that you'd come into their lives and give them a fresh anointing of who you are. May your power and your grace just reign in their lives, Lord. Help them in whatever situation that you're dealing, they're dealing with right now. Comfort them and be with them. For those that are waiting on a healing or waiting on a baby or whatever it is that you're waiting for, I ask you, don't give up. Don't give up. Lord, the Lord has a purpose for why you're having to wait. So I just want to encourage you today. Look to him. Bind yourself to him. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.